Hi, you're listening to Living Life on Purpose, and I'm your host, Matt Wilson. The goal of this show is for us to sit down with successful people who also live a life of purpose. We want you to hear their stories, understand that they've had to overcome adversity, how their faith has played a role, and ultimately we want you to be encouraged by the things that you hear so that you can walk through similar situations. We hope you enjoy. Here in the studio with Sarah Franklin, Executive Director for the Epilepsy Foundation of Alabama. Sarah is an Alabama native, and she was born and raised here, has been very involved in a lot of different uh, service roles as well as uh, politically and then also in the the business realm. And uh, she and her husband, Drew, have a little child. And uh, so not only is she uh, extremely hardworking, but she is uh, a hardworking mother as well. Uh, Sarah and I met through uh, a leadership group with Congressman Palmer and and ultimately um, got connected through uh, his scheduler at the time, Julie Collier, who's an awesome, awesome person. And um, so it's been great to to get to know Sarah and Drew over the last couple of years. But uh, Sarah, it is a pleasure to have you here today. Thank you, Matt, for having me. Excited to be on this podcast. Yeah, so um, definitely looking forward to uh, hearing and sharing your story. Uh, kind of give us a, a brief background of kind of where you've been prior to the, the role that you're in now. Yeah, so like you mentioned, grew up in Birmingham and went um, to high school over the mountain and then went to the University of Alabama where I met my husband, Drew. We met freshman year um, at church and we went to the same um, Bible study freshman year and also had some classes together. So we met and fell in love in college and got married briefly after school. Um, And it's funny because we had the same major, so public relations from the start. And so um, he um, and I both hit the ground running after college. It was a little while after the recession. So trying to just find, okay, what, where are we supposed to be in the real world? What are some places? So um, it's been great. I uh, worked for several years for a security company out of school doing some technical writing and then um, took a job for um, one of my mentors and worked for a PR firm. And that was um, so, so many great years. So learned a great deal um, in that role. And that's, you know, where we met Matt too, was, um, a lot of just roles with that and, um, Congressman Palmer. So, um, and it's great to think how Julie Collier had a role in that too, cause mm-hmm. she's been a great mentor to just me and she and her husband were our newlywed Sunday school teachers. So it's so neat to just look back on how, you know, our lives just intersect with others and paths cross. And so, um, yeah, and my husband and I, we had, you know, our five-year plan of we want to just get our career settled before we start having kids. And so we, of course, stuck to that plan. We know we thought, okay, here we are. We're in control. And it's, of course, lining up with God's plan was kind of how we were thinking. And so we were blessed with a little baby boy in February 2018. And so I would say I was determined. I was, you know, telling myself, okay, I am going to just keep trucking. I'm going to be continue as a hardworking mom. I look around and see mentors doing that well. I saw friends doing that well and just was convinced that I could do this. And about six months after our baby was born, um, I my husband woke up in the middle of the night and I was convulsing and having a seizure. And so this was on a Saturday night. And so 
I, of course, don't have any recollection of it because it was, I call it a grand mal seizure, but I've learned since in the past few months, they're technically called tonic-clonic now. So a lot of people don't recognize that term quite yet, but that's um, technically what it was. And my husband says that he woke up in the middle of the night and I was convulsing uncontrollably, not responding, and it was lasting a while. So he says he was kind of fumbling with his phone, trying to Google what do you do when someone is having a seizure. He mm-hmm. thought that that was what was happening, even though he had never really seen one before. And then he was like, what am I doing? I need to call 911. Mm-hmm. So he called 911. It was probably 1 o'clock in the morning, I guess, on a Sunday by that point. And um, the Hoover Fire Department showed up at my house and helped put him at ease while um, – you know, the seizure was still happening and I woke up and I remember I just saw, you know, 15 firefighters in my, in our bedroom and he, Drew was standing by my side and he said, Sarah, you've just had a seizure. Fire department is here and we're about to take you to the hospital. And so I, you know, it's, it's hard to comprehend and really remember exactly what was going on that night. But I remember just kind of feeling like in a glaze and, um, got in an ambulance for the first time and took me down to St. Vincent's and it was um, just amazing care that they gave me there full exams and all kinds of things and referred me to see a neurologist and so I got in with one as soon as I could get in um, but one thing that I I'd never really had any family members or friends or anyone that I knew that had experienced a seizure or that had really talked to me about that so um I learned at the ER that night that it was going to be against state law for me to drive for six months, which, of course, is pretty life changing. So that was, you know, just a little bit. It took a little while to comprehend, Okay, how is this going to affect my life? But I was still determined I can I can do this. I'm going to push through. We are going to just make it work. I'll get, you know, rides where I need to go, that kind of thing. But really, you know, a lot of it, too, is thinking, you know, they were saying we need to make sure that, you know, you don't have any kind of tumor or anything like that that could be causing this brain activity. So after a lot of EEG tests and MRIs, thankfully, nothing came back that was alarming. So um, a lot of times, you know, one in 10 people in America will have a seizure. And so it really, they were saying, okay, hopefully this was just your one time. Mm. Um, and so, you know, thankfully nothing alarming is showing up in your scans and that's a blessing. So you cannot drive for six months mm. and, but we'll just keep, keep a watch on you. About two months later, my husband noticed on a Sunday after church, we were in the living room and he noticed that I was having like additional almost like blanking out mm-hmm. and they're called partial or absent mm-hmm. seizures. Mm-hmm. And so I called my neurologist and explained what he was, what my husband said he was seeing. And so they um, encouraged me to start on seizure medicine. And because of the number that were happening, they've said, okay, this technically you have epilepsy, which mm-hmm. is recurring seizures, two mm-hmm. or more. So um, come to find out every time you have a seizure, even if it's within that six month frame, your six months starts over. Mm-hmm. So my husband, and I just kind of, you know, prayed about it. And after just really looking at the circumstances and the logistics of getting our sweet baby boy to where he would need to be when my husband travels some for work and getting myself to work meetings and making sure that I wasn't letting anybody down, we just prayed about it and said, okay, we need to just, let's take a break. Sarah, why don't you just take a break from the professional world? Let's get things under control and just pray about what's next. Mm -hmm. So I feel like, you know, the Lord was maybe allowing the seizures as a 
a way for almost demanding me to take a break, which, Mm -hmm. of course, you know, is not always in our natural tendency. And so it was hard for me because I feel like I, I was determined not to let go of work that I love, of work that I thought that I was going to be doing for for the long term. So that was, you know, a, lo- a hard just decision, but, you know, logistically what needed to happen. From that standpoint, all right, so you are, you know, again, y'all, y'all have got your plan yes. and y'all are on track and now, you know, you've got this beautiful blessing of a baby boy and, and everything's going exactly where you want it to go and then you have this situation of like, we didn't plan for this. Right. We didn't, we didn't have any concept that this was going to take place. Uh, the thing that that you listeners need to know is uh, Sarah and Drew are extremely strong in their faith, and again, they've they've been uh, walking just the the Christian faith out for a long time, and just both beacons of light and hope, and an amazing people. Uh, but even somebody who who loves the Lord and trusts the Lord and and has all the faith in the Lord, I mean. It had to, you know, completely throw you for a loop. I mean, how did you handle that from a, a faith perspective and, you know, as, you know, taking a toll on your marriage and, and everything else? I mean, it changes all dynamics, all like in the blink of an eye. What did that look like? It does. I think, you know, you never think that, you know, I'm young, early 30s, and you don't think that health care troubles are going to come your way. You mm-hmm. think, you know, I'm a healthy individual and just things are going well and they're going to continue to go well. You just, I feel like think that. And Mm -hmm. of course, even as followers of Jesus, we are not promised easy days. We're Mm -hmm. not promised, um, great, healthy lives for Mm -hmm. our entire life. You know, we're only here for a certain number of days and Mm -hmm. only the Lord knows how many we're going to be here. It Mm -hmm. could be one day for a little baby. It could be 99 years. I mean, we just never know. And so that's really been one thing is that, that we've learned is just, over this past year, I mean, we need to make sure that we are glorifying God with every day that we are given mm-hmm. and even when the hard times come. So it's going to look different in everyone's life. Not everyone, one in 10 people will have a seizure during their lifetime and one in 26 people will have epilepsy and recurring seizures in their lifetime. But it, that, of course, is not everyone. And mm-hmm. so um, different things will come at you. Mm-hmm. But the true thing is that we just need to look for to the Lord for peace and mm-hmm. to him for just, you know, we're not promised an easy life, but mm-hmm. we are promised peace in him. So yeah. that's really what we've learned. Um, and I would say, you know, even fast forward a few months later, mm-hmm. you know, my husband is always, of course, a very he's just never really I've known him for going on 14 years now and has never really had any health care troubles either but it's just interesting how the Lord has allowed different situations he came home from a work trip to San Diego and this was in early spring so March April time frame and his arm was going numb when he got home from the airport and he mentioned that the numbness was kind of moving up into his face and that he had a headache so I said well why don't you go lay down and I'll check on you in a little while and his headache didn't go away and so we were like okay well 
let's go to the urgent care. So we went to the urgent care and just because of the odd symptoms that he was having of numbness moving around Mm -hmm. his body and things like that, they encouraged us to go to the ER. Mm -hmm. And long story short, after six ER visits of numbness and him being sick at his stomach and falling Mm -hmm. over and not being able to speak, Mm -hmm. he was admitted to the ICU um, and eventually ended up in the UAB ICU. Mm -hmm. um, And I'm just so thankful for healthcare professionals that we have here in Birmingham that don't Mm -hmm. give up looking for answers because Mm -hmm. it ended up that basically what had happened to him was that a sinus infection had been um, spreading for a few months and he just kind of thought it was allergies that Mm -hmm. he was dealing with as far as congestion and it had leaked into his skull causing a brain infection Mm -hmm. and brain swelling which is technically the title was meningencephalitis Mm -hmm. and so it can be I mean it can take that can take your life Mm -hmm. especially as you get um, older in age Mm -hmm. and so you know for about a month or two there you know Drew was in and out of the hospital and then finally admitted for several weeks and we were just so blessed to I would say what stands out to us is just our family our close friends our Sunday school class our entire church family from Shades Mountain Baptist just literally like it brings me to tears loved on us so much they were giving me rides to the hospital offering to help take care of my son my mom and everybody and you know our women's ministry at church was they were organizing meals for me people were bringing up Gatorades to the hospital ice I mean anything we needed it was just I mean people were outpouring of love people that I don't even know from our church Mm -hmm. on the encouragement team were sending us cards Mm -hmm. and our tagline at Shades is live sent basically Mm -hmm. whatever you're doing whether you're at work or with your friends family you need to be living sent Mm -hmm. um, spreading the good news of the Lord and Mm -hmm. so we have been a recipient of that Mm -hmm. this past year just with the unexpected Mm -hmm. healthcare things coming up Mm -hmm. and it's you know just reminded us that okay we have been the recipient of the love of others and we just want to do that for others around us yeah. whenever they need it too and um and you know while my husband was in the hospital something that things that can bring on str- um, seizures sometimes could be you know a lack of sleep or stress mm-hmm. and while drew was in the icu um i did have like another partial seizure so i was almost to my driving date from the seizures last fall and then it restarted over mm-hmm. at the end of april so it was just like okay lord okay another seizure here's another setback and i will say that one was a little bit more discouraging even than the ones last fall because i was like oh my goodness here this is going to put me a year plus without driving by the time this is all over mm-hmm. and pray that you know, no more come, but we never know what's coming, but Mm -hmm. I'm just thankful for, you know, UAB, he was, my husband was sent home on some really strong IV antibiotics Mm -hmm. that literally saved his life. And I'm just every day so thankful that we still have more days with him. So, Mm -hmm. um, it's just amazing to look back. If you would have told me a year and a half ago where we would be today, I, I don't think I would have believed you. And I enjoyed, um, about, just yeah eight months or so staying at home with our baby boy Mm. and there was such special times that I know that I will never get back and um but I did just still have like a yearning to work and to make a difference and to Mm. give back through just my career too Mm. and so I would mention every once in a while to people um I even had one of my professors from Alabama um I was talking to her just about the onset of seizures and she encouraged me she said Sarah your career is not over do Mm. not give up Mm-hmm. And that was one of the most encouraging things that I, that anyone told me. Mm-hmm. So that was just, I was like, okay, you know, that's so encouraging to me. Mm-hmm. And so, um, 
I mentioned my onset of seizures to a few different acquaintances, and one of them, um, his name is Garland Stancil. He works mm-hmm. at Children's of Alabama, and he said, Sarah, I ha- my mom has had mm-hmm. epilepsy her entire life, mm-hmm. and I'm actually chair of the Epilepsy Foundation Board of Alabama. Mm-hmm. And so that was just amazing, too, because you never, I, again, people don't talk about seizures or epilepsy a whole lot and so um a few weeks later they were hiring for an executive director so upon talking to him he encouraged me to apply and so not needless to say here i am working for the epilepsy foundation of alabama and really working there are fifty four thousand people with epilepsy in alabama and a ton more than that that either have a seizure or anything like that and so we are here to support them advocate for them and really just make sure people are aware of seizure first aid training all kinds of things so i'm a few weeks on the job and just ready to um, make sure people know that we're here to support them Essentially, the, the key takeaways that, that I want you all to, to truly grasp is, is, how old are you, Sarah? Um, almost 32. Okay. And how old is Drew? He's almost 32 as well. Okay. These are young, healthy, good-looking people. The kind that you said, well, that would never happen to them. But it did. And, you know, in a year and a half, you know, your life has been radically changed but through this already, you've been able to see and experience the tangible love of God. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the people that, that have you know, been there in your time of need, the, the body of Christ being the body of Christ. And, and that is a, a tangible expression of his love that, that you know, people get to experience. Um, unfortunately, sometimes it takes a, a difficult situation for them to experience that. But, you know, a lot of people go through difficult situations. And you just said uh, 54,000 people in the state of Alabama have epilepsy, but it's often something that you don't hear about. You said one in 10 people at some point will have some sort of seizure, but people don't hear about that. When people go through a trial, when people go through a struggle, and when they go through certain pain and they keep it to themselves, then the enemy keeps them trapped in that pain. The pain is... It becomes a prison. It it allows them to, or it forces them to stay in the shadows. It forces them to stay in the shame or guilt or struggle. And when you bring that situation to the light, then the darkness has to flee. And and so from that situation, you have said, this has happened, but it's not going to define me. This has happened, but it's not going to hold me back from living out purpose that God has placed in my life because God had the plan and the purpose for you before you were even created. So even though this stuff has been surprising to you, he's not surprised. Not at all. And so, you know, I just I applaud you for, you know, not backing down from the situation, but from taking it on. And I know that that's the type of person that you are anyway, but for taking it on just directly and and saying if I can help somebody else because of the things that I've walked through then that's how I can make the most impact that's how this can be beneficial and so taking this executive director role 
Uh, first of all, you're, you're no stranger to leadership, so I know that, that you're going to do a great job with it. But um, it is different and new. And um, so tell us some of the things that, that you guys are focused on and how you help people in the, the epilepsy community. Yeah, and I just went to, you know, a few weeks into the job. This is starting week four. Mm -hmm. So I'm really learning a lot about what nationally the Epilepsy Foundation does as well as on a state level. And a lot of what we do is it boils down to, you know, when a family is experience and when they're when they have a family member that's just experienced a seizure for the first time no matter what the kind that is and they're calling and they're saying okay my 19 year old son has a job but it's 30 minutes away mm-hmm. and we walk we work the opposite side of town mm-hmm. like i'm not gonna be able to drive him how is he supposed to get mm-hmm. to work for six months mm-hmm. you know we help people navigate through those situations Mm -hmm. so I'm learning a lot about what we offer in our state and I think you know sometimes too people that may not have be have health insurance and their child has 30 to 50 seizures a day Mm -hmm. and they can't necessarily afford their seizure medicine Mm -hmm. what can we do to help them Mm -hmm. we connect them and make sure that they can obtain Mm -hmm. um, you know all kids insurance all kinds of things like that or we help them navigate through prescription discount programs mm. call around anything like that even um, epilepsy foundation at times has mm. has covered the cost of medication to make sure that people aren't having um, seizures our mm. you know campaign is end epilepsy mm. we want to end epilepsy mm. for people um, mm. just nationwide and so a lot of what we do is support for Alabamians that are walking through journeys with seizures Mm. and we also advocate for um, whether that's on a state level or national level as far as you know the importance of whether that's seizure safe schools making Mm. sure that school nurses are certified in seizure first aid those kinds of things Um, Mm. that's one thing that I learned about yesterday that Mm. we're really going to be pushing um, and just really working with anything that has to do with the support of the needs of those who have seizures Mm. and epilepsy. Mm -hmm. that's awesome and you know I I do think that it's important for uh, in any type of situation where you know there's some sort of obstacle or there's a trial or whatever when when somebody hears me too you know yeah I've walked through that or you know I've been battling that but but I didn't know who to share it with I think that it's extremely important for people to have that outlet and to have that resource where they know that they're not alone and so I think that that's extremely important but I also think that that testimony builds faith and that while this is something that there aren't a lot of answers to, I want to share a quick story. Um, a couple years ago, Jamie and I, my wife, uh, we had a serve day project and a friend of ours, uh, they had a friend whose daughter, uh, she had close to like 500 seizures a day. And so we went in as our serve day project, we were building a wheelchair ramp. And so Julie's the mom, and, and she's got these two children, both children are special needs. Uh, but Leah, the daughter, uh, really, you know, she's like, I'm, I'm carrying her up the steps, and she's getting bigger, she's getting heavier, and, and every day, that's, that's going to be my struggle. We mm-hmm. need the wheelchair ramp. And so we went out and we built this wheelchair ramp, and uh, it was July of 2016, I believe. 
And so, you know, long, arduous project. Mm-hmm. I am not handy in any way, shape, or form, but I was good at, you know, getting people together. And, and so all these people rallied around the situation, and, and we built this thing, and it took months. It should have only taken like a weekend, but I didn't know what I was doing. And uh, some of the other people, you know, it was hard to get them out there and coordinate. But we also invited her to uh, a healing service that, that we went to. And uh, so Leah and Julie received prayer that night. And you know, we talked to Julie a little while later, and the seizures had gone down from 500 to like 100 or so. That's amazing. And then they'd gone down to, you know, double digits. Yes. And now, like, the seizures are completely gone. They've been gone for, uh, I want to say, a couple years now. And she's never had to use that wheelchair ramp. Wow. But they've actually torn down the wheelchair ramp because they do not need it. And, and only through the power of, of Jesus was she healed. Um, but I do think that, and another cool thing is, uh, my daughter, uh, she went to a summer camp this year and they had like a little talent show at the end of the summer camp. And Leah was actually at the summer camp and, you know, they had like a little dance off at the end and Leah was up there dancing with the rest of the class. So this was a girl who, you know, couldn't really walk and was just seizing and, and like just, she was stuck in her own body, and now she's able to move around, and there's joy, and there's just hope in her. And so some of the things that, that doctors don't have answers for, he's still got answers Absolutely for. Absolutely, he does. And so through the power of prayer, I just want to encourage you and everybody out there that, that we've seen the miraculous take place. Prayer that mm-hmm. um, Absolutely, 100%. And, um, and I believe that God's a, a do-it-again God. You know, so if he's done it once, he can do it again. Mm-hmm. And and when we claim those testimonies and we claim his word, you know, every portion of it to be true, then we know that there's promises in there that, you know, we, we can claim as our own. And um, and I always tell people, like, the more we pray for healing, the more people get healed. Uh, we don't determine that outcome, though. You know, we pray and we go for it. But at the end of the day, the, the healing is ultimately up to the healer. Um, but you know, I just, I want to encourage people with that story, um, that, you know, maybe the diagnosis is not favorable. Maybe the diagnosis is going to be a life sentence and he's set captives free before and and he can do it again. So. Absolutely. And, you know, I've learned in the past two weeks, even just new being Mm -hmm. new to this job, you know, there are so many, what are called rare epilepsies Mm -hmm. and there's a number of different varying levels and how many seizures people Mm -hmm. have per day. And then Mm -hmm. some people had a seizure 15 years ago Mm -hmm. and are, you know, technically have epilepsy, Mm -hmm. but thankfully it's controlled by medicine. And Mm -hmm. of course the Lord knows how our journeys are going to, um, pan out. And Mm -hmm. we don't know that, but of course, you know, sometimes prayer, you know, a prayer absolutely works. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, he's given doctors, especially at our amazing research institutions mm-hmm. here in the state of Alabama and across mm-hmm. our nation, just great knowledge to mm-hmm. create medication that can help control this. And it's just amazing that he, you know, he's so, the Lord is so knowledgeable and mm-hmm. offers knowledge to us too on this earth, you know, at different times, mm-hmm. in different ways. And mm-hmm. um, I just, my heart goes out after just learning even more about the rare epilepsies mm-hmm. and caregivers mm-hmm. and what they do to sacrifice their lives for the children that, mm-hmm. you know, do have several hundred seizures a day or 30 to 50 a day. Or even I think about like, you know, my sweet family, extended family and neighbors mm-hmm. that have sacrificed this past year to give me rides, give my, me, my 
sun rides, you know, different places where we needed to go um, just to make sure that we, you know, are being compliant with state law mm-hmm. and not driving anywhere. You know, yeah. that's a it's a pretty big thing, especially in the state of Alabama, without mass transportation being mm-hmm. readily available. Um, it is a struggle for the for anyone that even just has a one time seizure. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think that. You know, building awareness is is key to any type of, um, you know, extremely difficult circumstance. You know, some people don't even think about um, just like if you couldn't drive for six months, what would that do to, you know, your employment situation? What would that do to your income situation? What would that do to your overall family dynamic? And so I definitely know that 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 can put. Um, you know, undue strain because, I mean, we don't live in, you know, Manhattan. We don't live in uh, a very walkable city, uh, especially, you know, where we live outside of uh, the downtown area. And so, yeah, those are things that I would say a lot of people don't ever think about. Right. So I I think the more awareness that can be brought, you know, the the more, again, light that that shined on the the situation. And And one thing that I learned, too, last week, like I think nationally, we're even working on a partnership maybe with Uber um, for like a discounted rate for people that have um, seizures or epilepsy. Because, you know, like I've used Uber a few times in this past year, but it's not something that you can do for every single Mm -hmm. place you need to go. And so I think there are some exciting partnerships like that to come that we can offer people with epilepsy Mm -hmm. too. That's awesome. So, um, somebody's out there and they are battling epilepsy. They're not sure what to do. Uh, they're not sure where to go. Uh, what would you tell that person? Yeah, I would say, I mean, of course, call our office. Uh, our number is 205-453-8205 is our, a number where you can reach us. But then, uh, you know, even the epilepsy.com, our national website, has so much information, so much valuable information, even statewide, um, as far as how it's broken down by each state, but just information about whether you're a new mom and you have seizures or you are, you have an infant with seizures, you know, it ranges no matter what stage or age your loved one is that's going through any type of journey like this, or you're, you know, in your sixties and you're an older man, you know, there it's tailored down even just to what do I need to pay attention to what are some resources available to me our just national website is invaluable with um, how much information is available but of course on a statewide level we want to assist those and make sure that people in Alabama have what they need um, as far as resources too so please call us and um, you know we have local website and social media Mm -hmm. channels as well where you can reach us awesome And then you've got an event coming up? Yes, November is Epilepsy Awareness Month. And so to kick off Epilepsy Awareness Month on Saturday, November 2nd, we have a walk to end epilepsy. Mm -hmm. And so that will take place at Railroad Park in Birmingham. And it's a statewide walk. So we invite anyone from across the state of Alabama to come participate. And whether that's, you know, you're just interested or you have a loved one that has seizures or you yourself have seizures, we want um, just to rally and walk together we've got it's going to be an exciting day we've got a great dj lined up and um caroline she's a senior at hewitt trussell high school she's going to sing our national anthem Mm -hmm. we'll have you know of course face painting all Mm -hmm. kinds of things we'll have some great alabama made goods like buzz best cookies and golden flake available Mm -hmm. and anybody can sign up for that at walk to end epilepsy.com slash birmingham so we're excited about that 
That's awesome. Well, you know, Sarah, thank you so much for being here today. And, and thank you for taking your pain and turning it into purpose. And so I know that this has been encouraging for me and I know it's going to be encouraging for other people. Thank you. And I just, you know, like you said earlier, it is, it hasn't been always easy this past year. Like, you know, some of the times I've been like, goodness, I don't even want to, you know, when people are saying, how's everything going? And, you know, another thing popped up. I don't even want to share because it's almost just like, you know, you, I feel like the enemy wants us to be embarrassed of things that are happening that are out of our control. But it's just been overwhelming to feel the love of our family and our church family and things like that. And I just it, it makes me eager to want to do that for others, too. So um, don't be ashamed. Share your testimony. Share your story. Share it because, yeah, I think, you know. We're not promised our easy life, but John sixteen thirty three has just been resonating with our family for the past year. So that's how that's I'd awesome. encourage everybody. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being here. We hope that you enjoyed it. Uh, check us out on Facebook at Living Life on Purpose. And then uh, let us know what you think. Please like and share when we post these podcast episodes. Check us out next time.